Hey, 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 Customized personal training to clients according to their individual needs and fitness goals. If you want to know more about what the Ford is and who Bronson is, you can always check out the previous episode. Episode, uh, whatever. Ah, oh, fuck. Let me check. Uh, what episode is it? Episode, episode nine. Yes. Okay. Listen to that if you want to find out more. Um, the next Animal Flow inter- introductory class is happening in the month of August. 28th of August to be exact. Ooh, and then the last, uh, the last introductory class happened like just last week. Uh, I was really happy to hear that a lot of you guys went down, all the listeners of the podcast. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, happy to hear that. Happy to have made that happen and happy to have reached out to all of you. So thank you again. Mm. Uh, yeah, back to, back to what I was talking about. Um, the next introductory class is happening on the 28th. Oh, I said that already. Uh, yeah, so if you want to find out more, just check out their Instagram at PT for more information. Drop them a message, drop them a DM if you want to find out more. And uh, for a free training session, a free trial session with Default, uh, mention that you're a listener of the podcast, hashtag Mostly Yoga Podcast, and your first session with them will be free. Ooh. Speaking of Animal Flow, there's going to be an intermediate class that's going to happen sometime in September of this year. So those of you who have already gone for the introductory class, this is something that you can look forward to now. Yeah, uh, I might be going down as well. I, I haven't gone for that one, so I'm excited for when that happens. I hope I will be free. If I'm not, I will probably find the time to do it anyway. Uh, yeah, I'll be there most likely if nothing is, you know, yeah, I'll be there. Um, yeah, so something to look forward to, something to be excited about. You know what else is exciting? Saving the planet by staying green and cutting down on single-use plastics. Ooh, see? See what I did there? Start building your own zero-waste kit today with Plastic Free, a Singapore-based online store that offers a bunch of eco-friendly, affordable products from reusable cups to metal straws and other sustainable items that you are probably going to use in your daily life. Lives. Live. Lives. So join the movement, and together we can make the world a greener place, one cup, one straw, one bag at a time. Use the promo code MOSTLYYOGA for 10% off any purchases above $30, uh, and visit their store at www.plasticfree.co That's spelt P-L-A-S-T-I-K-F-R-E-E dot C-O You can check out their IG with the same name as well, Plastic Free. Uh, all the links will be in the description thing below. Okay? Hmm. So today, my guest is the lead singer of the band, 538, Sarah Wee. She does a bit of yoga as well. She's really good at it. And she teaches. Uh, and in this party, we just get to know a little bit more about her journey. Um, the various teacher trainings that she attended. And a little bit more about what yoga means to her. So, without further ado, here's Sarah. Enjoy. You got this, man. <laughs> if you want, I can interview you too. <laughs> hey. I'll start, I'll start first, okay. Um... Hello, Sarah. Welcome to this place. You've been here before. Uh, thanks for taking the time to come by 
and do this with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Mm. Very happy to be here. Thanks. <laughs> um, I think I'll start out with a very generic question. Everybody has like that their yoga origin story, you know. I don't think I really know how you started or why you started. I literally started my practice when I did my YTT. Huh? Wow, so, <laughs> you're one of those people. I've I've heard like people yes. that just start their YTT and then yeah. But so what? for me, for me, I was always doing cardio. Mm. I was always active, like in school. I was doing netball, volleyball. Um, I would run voluntarily, you know, even when I'm not training for anything. Mm-hmm. And then I started with hit cardio. So then I was brought in by Nike to be. This is a long time ago, is it? About six years ago, five, six wow. years ago. To, to brought in by Nike to train, uh-huh. uh, to become a Nike trainer at the time for NTC, which was their new training program. Uh-huh. And then um, because of that, a bunch of us were invited to Jessica's studio, which is where I teach now. Madala, yeah. Yeah, so it used to be called Iha Yoga. It used to be called Totally Different Place. Yeah, uh, I- totally Different Place, Totally Different Studio. So then, um, went to Iha, mm-hmm. did a yoga session because she was still trying to get the studio going. I mean, it was really going, it but was she was trying to bring yoga, in yeah. people to try it and stuff like that. And then from there, I think we kind of hit it off. And then she said, "Do you want to do YTT?" This so was then, how long into your practice? Like barely a couple of lessons, or what? I had never done yoga. Wow. Yeah, I used to make fun of my best friend because she would do yoga. She used to come to. She was the one who used to come to YM mm. all the time. Met Alicia a long time ago. I mean, I knew Alicia through music. Oh, right, yeah. But um, yeah, so then she would be doing yoga at home mm. because we used to live together and I would like make fun of her when she's doing like eagle arms and like irritate her. Uh, but then after that, I started doing it during YTT and I fell in love with it. Wow. Yeah. So that was my story. Yeah. I mean, like that was six years ago about five years five ago years, yeah. five years ago first experience with yoga straight away into the TT yes I'm, help us understand like like what was your you know like say people who you, like say me when I first got into yoga I went to class and then I I experienced that that feeling of that awareness and all these these wonderful things that yoga brings to us even then I never thought about wanting to teach what was going on through your mind when that happened? And what was your intention for the TT? Um, I don't think mine was so much a an intention to teach. It was just like something to learn. Uh, yeah, it was something to learn. It was something to try out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a really difficult decision initially for me to also. decide whether to go for the TT or not because I already work like mad. You know, I, I do the gigs at night and of course TT will be like... One month off. Uh, or well, it's part-time there, right? Yeah, but I mean, for me, the TT was more of... Um, you know, it was mornings like 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. every day. So if it's 8 a.m. and I finish work at 2 a.m. the night before, it yeah, means I get yeah. like five hours of sleep. So and TT sh- is not... It's, it's hard. Uh, it's training every day. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, physically, I was I was quite okay with it, but... I think for me, it was more mental. Um, yeah, so I think I just wanted to give something a try, something new a try. And it was very interesting because uh, what really got me hooked was 
the first day I showed up for TT, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. How many people in your in your? Oh, it was a small batch. It was like seven people. It's cozy. It was cozy, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I went to my gig that night, and then I remember thinking the next the that night itself after the first day, I was like, okay, tomorrow if I wake up and I feel like absolute shit, I'm just going to quit because I don't know if I physically can take this because I don't want to fall sick because my gigs are going to get affected. Because you prioritize music first at that time, yeah. yeah. And so. I woke up the next day, obviously tired as hell, mm. and then went into our first hour, which was always pranayama and meditation. This is day two. This is day two. Started pranayama meditation, and when I came out of it, I felt more awake than I have ever felt for like the past, I think since I started gigging, which was like a long time ago. So... That for me was the whoa! What the hell just happened? You know, and then after that, I went through the entire day, did all the asana training, did the theory, went on about my day teaching, and then as in teaching singing yeah. music, and then went to my gig, and then I was like, how is this possible? Like I don't feel tired, and then I went through the next three four weeks of training of TT and came out of it a brand new person. What is it? What do you think happened that day? What was the pranayama? What was that, that click that think, started to connect everything together? I think it was giving myself time to literally just breathe. Do nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm quite a workaholic. Mm, I you work, don't say. Yeah, I work 12 to 15 hours a day like uh-huh. easily because I start my day in the morning, I teach at LaSalle, I teach other things, and, and then, then you gigs at night, and then gigs at night, and you know, so I think that was that was a big thing for me to realize that you just need that one hour on your mat a day, mm. be it breathing, be it just yoga. Because I used to do a lot of cardio, I still do, um, but it was always like just twenty minutes, fast game, come home, work out, shower, go out for my next thing. I didn't have time to just sit down and chill. That's your style, lah. I'm like, you seem like someone who likes to chong. You, yeah. like you look like a chongster. <laughs> I am a chongster. Yes. Was it easy for you to sit down and do nothing? Was it easy for you to just be in your own body, in your own mind, for one hour? And one hour is not a long. It's not a short time. Yeah, it's not a short time. Yeah. Funnily enough, I think I took to it really, really well. Hmm. Um, I have sat through other meditation, like guided meditation sessions before. Before. And I really thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Granted, there were some that I fell asleep in, but in normal, um, normal, yeah. Yeah, but I think, given that I'm a very go 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 kind of person, uh, it was actually very interesting. Funny that you asked that question because when I did my acrovinyasa training in Bali, Bali, yeah, I did research. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know we did quite a few Yin classes there because our bodies were just tired beyond belief, and. The feedback that I got from the teacher was that he was actually quite pleasantly surprised that I was actually very, very still and calm during the yin sessions because he was expecting me to be fidgety, yeah, yeah, or at least move a little mm. bit here and there, yeah, because he knows that I I can't quiet down completely when I am awake. The only time that I really quiet down is when I'm asleep. So it's strange, like I mean. 
we don't know each other very well. This is actually the first, first time, time I'm actually yeah. talking to you uh, and already like this, uh, novena. but you seem, I, I know you from like, like, you know, I, I've heard of you and I know that you hustle, like you grind, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I talk to you, you seem quite mellow. You seem quite grounded. And you think that's an attributed to having the yoga done, practice? Yeah, the yoga. Definitely. Ooh. I think I've mellowed out a lot in the past few years, but it's also age, la, I think. I mean, yeah. yeah. You think you were, like, how were you before the yoga? Were you, like, just grinding your teeth, can't sit still, getting uh, easily distracted? Yeah, I think I've always been hyper since young. But I think I was hyper in very different ways as I grew up. When I was young, of course, hyperactive, running around, saying hi to everyone, you know, like, normal, normal, like being can't a kid, sit down. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, then, you know, like, if you ask my best friends when I was in La Salle, which was when we were 17, 18, I was still that ball of energy. Mm. Um, and I think because of yoga, I learned to kind of channel that energy in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, How is it compared to like, say, running? Running can give you, running can be an uh, outlet for you to channel energy as well. Yes. Or like any form of cardio. But it's still very explosive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still very much a... a yang. Yeah, it's very yang. Um, I think the difference is that I'm a lot more patient now. Okay. Yeah. I used to be quite hot-headed prior to this. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm not like someone who gets super angry all the time, but, you know, I'm not the kind of person, actually, until now, I'm still not the kind of person who would sit idly by while I see injustice happening. Mm-hmm. I will definitely confront it. But I think I, I approach it in a very different a way more, now. A more s- controlled way, I yes, guess. Yes, for sure. reactive. A lot less reactive, that's for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Have you ever gotten into any fights before? No, la, not altercations, but definitely have Arguments exchanged are. words with people in public. I mean, as in strangers, mm. like, you know, people who are being rude to someone else or something like that. I would definitely say something mm. on behalf of the other person. Um, but yeah, a lot less reactive, I think. A lot more in control of my emotions. Yes. So I think, I yeah, so I think what you're experiencing now, like you're quite surprised that I'm not so, <laughs> right? Um, I think that's the thing that a lot of people are not used to when they meet me because they see me on stage and they see exactly. like super hyper. Um, you kind of need to, you need to have that energy on stage. That's why yes. people sort of thing like oh yeah Sarah's always just always 100% all the time Yeah. but then uh, in person you do need to sort of mellow out but I do think it's also age I think I've I've oh. chilled out a lot how old are you? I'm 33 this year ah, yeah. not so bad that's not so bad I'm 32 eh? yeah but when I was 26 I was still a ball of energy and then when 27 happened I just at 27 yeah I felt like 27 is like the yeah right the, you start to pew yeah you mellow <laughs> out like hell yeah 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 okay okay hmm Let's go back to the TT. So like, uh, it was f- one month intensive. Yeah, I did the weekday 200 hour. So it was like Monday to Saturday? Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday and the weekend's off. Yeah. Eight to whatever, la, right? The whole day. La. Um, At the time, it was eight till four, I think. Mm-hmm. Or eight till three around there. It was intensive, man. So like, how was it? Like, so day two was your, your breakthrough moment already. That's quite fast yeah. considering. And then for the rest of the three, uh, three and a half weeks, what were your, what was going on? I think... You sort of got settled into it already. Yeah, I think what was 
difficult for me was the teaching portion. Not so much the delivery of the the words and stuff, but because, like I said, I had never done a yoga class prior to um, my TT. So I literally had no reference as to how to structure a class. Um, And so when we were planning classes, I was going entirely based off how... I was instructed like, okay, you start from standing and then all that kind of stuff, but also using my knowledge of cardio and just basically how the body responds. Like you cannot do half an hour of arms and then half an hour of legs. You got to break it up, you know, that kind of thing. So I was kind of basing it off that, but um, having to teach an entire flow class, that was a little bit tough for me because like I said, didn't have references other than the asana training that I did in my TT. And that was always very, you know, very broken down because you're working on alignment and stuff like that. So I think that was my biggest struggle. And then it was because of that that I started going to classes outside. During the TT? During the TT. At least trying to. And especially after I graduated, I started intensively going to like other studios and, you know, like just doing classes because I just wanted to learn like Mm. how to teach. Yeah. Did you have an intention to teach? Like during that time when you took your TT or was just at that point still a personal yeah. thing la. wow I didn't I didn't even think of teaching until Jessica offered me a job uh, yeah and I realised that I did have a flair for the teaching you so, were, this was when you were already teaching at LaSalle no right uh, Six, five years ago yeah no but I was always teaching ah. I had always been teaching prior I was teaching already when I was in LaSalle mm. but that was very different that's one on one but then I think it also helped that I had the Nike training. Because it helped you like sort of be in front of people and conduct. Yeah, the, it being in front of people was not an issue for me. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like performing, yeah. you know. Um, it's teaching yoga is sort of like a performance as well. Yes. Yeah. But it's a very different experience because I think because I teach only part-time, mm. it's very refreshing. It's that's, very a, that's a good way to describe it and I know new, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always very fun for me to teach because I don't get to do it often. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's the difference for me. But yeah, definitely during TT, I did not think for sure that I will become a teacher. And it was always a concern in terms of scheduling. Like, can I really commit to so many things all at so once? You do have a lot on your plate yeah. even now. <laughs> like, like you're teaching at like two different places, mentoring, then you've got your gigs and you've got your and you've got your music and, and teaching. Yeah. I'm so used to it. Wow. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, um, But I think, yeah, that was definitely the biggest concern for me, that I didn't want to be a flaky person. I didn't want to say, okay, I'll teach this day, and then because of my inconsistent schedule, you know, because gigs are never, like, yeah. we have events all the time. I don't want to be a person who would be like, oh, okay, this week I can teach, next week I can't. So I think that's how we landed on a Sunday kind of schedule because Sunday morning, nobody really has anything going on other than brunch. Lah, you know? I mean, it's a very practical train of thought to think like, oh, whether I can commit to it or not. Even if you did or didn't want to teach, you you got to think of like whether you can juggle all these things. Right? So, yes. And at, and at the end, you still chose to, you decided to, to do it. Lah, yeah. Right? This was once a week, is it? Yeah, back, back then. then it was just once a week. How was your first class? Uh, 
it was interesting. I, I would say that it actually went pretty well because I taught a flow. And at that time, I was only teaching HIIT yoga. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, it was very much up my alley. Yeah. I didn't want to venture into anything that I wasn't super familiar with yet. Um, and so, and of course, I didn't want to disappoint Jessla. Mm. You know, so... Uh, I had quite a sizable class, thankfully, because I think she was very kind to like, also like ask some of the regulars, like, hey, Kate, go try out this new teacher's class. Mm. And actually one of the students that did that class with me, my very first class, still comes to my Sunday classes Ooh, till now. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's that. a different class now, but yeah, it's awesome. So thankfully, I think I had enough time to prep during my TT. We taught a lot. Yeah. So... I found uh, a style that I had, and then I went with that, mm -hmm. and it's evolved for sure. For sure, I mean, it's a long time. And yeah, yeah, it's your evolved. Your practice will evolve on. Yeah, but it still it still comes back very much to um, feeling that same joy that in sharing mm. the information or whatever experiences I have. So, I think the approach that I teach with is very much. Um, you know, things that I struggled with before because I struggled with it. Like, I took nine wow, months that, to get okay. a freaking crow. Okay? It took me nine freaking months because every single person that was telling me how to do it was telling me so many different, mm. you know, like, points. Like, oh, do this, do that. And again, like I said, because I'd never taken class before. So, unbalances were brand new to me. Um, and because I learned from that nine months of what the hell am I doing until suddenly one day it clicked and I'm like, oh, mm. shit, that's how it's supposed to go. When I teach it now, I use that approach. I use that approach of, okay, I've been there mm -mm. and stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, so I think it's very, it's, very, it's very fun and very gratifying when I see... People this, take off. Uh, yeah, when you see the students achieve what they want to achieve and they're like, that's yeah. Always a, yeah. That's always a nice thing as a teacher. Yeah. Or of any kind of trait, like any teacher of any kind, to see success in their students. Mm. And disclaimer: crow is not a basic unbalance. No, they say not. it is like the the first unbalance that you do. But I still can't really hold my crow. Mm. It's been four years, I think. Mm. Can't do it, but I can do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody has their their kryptonite, their, yeah. yeah. But it, it makes um like it's it's interesting. There are the two different kinds of teachers who are like, oh, I teach the thing that I can do very well, and then I teach the thing that I've never been able to, to do very well, but yeah. now I know because I've spent the past, the past nine months learning every little thing about how to get into it. Yeah. So then I can tell people how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice journey. It it's is. like coming full circle again. For hmm. sure, for sure. How was your asana practice when you first started? Like, were you already very flexible because yeah. of ah. <laughs> so I'm one of those that uh, I hate to admit it but my body is quite is quite built uh, for yoga uh, I, without sounding like I'm tooting my own horn it's just it I, is, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just happen to be very very flexible um, because I used to do ballet in gym when I was a kid that's and, probably why yeah. yeah so and I never really lost that flexibility thankfully mm. and then because of my body weight cardio training strength I had strength so thankfully, I had the combination of the two already. Mm. I mean, my back bends are not great, but it's still considering that my hip flexor strength is like the way it is, you know, it's pretty strong. I'm thankful that I still have enough 
flexibility to still be able to do backbends mm. like decently. You know, is that so, your is that your your pet peeve back backbends? Uh, I mean, I have a love hate relationship. Like, I love it, but my body just does not like doing it. <laughs> yeah, but um, with assistance, I'm able to do pretty deep backbends. Mm. So I'm very 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 lucky that I have flexibility and strength. Um, yeah, and I think the asana practice for me, like I said, the TT was hardest for me in terms of men, like the mental challenge of getting up every day and going through the, the, the practice and having to go through my 12 hour day still after that. Oh, but also true. the yeah, teacher you still have to go yeah. and work. La. And also, of course, the teaching portion because I've yeah. never really taken classes before. But the asana practice was actually something that I thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. because I, le- I love working out. I'm one of those weirdos. La. So I loved the working out. Um, I loved challenging myself, you know, getting past the fears of like falling out of hits then, um, things like that. And then trying to achieve milestones and then hitting them and stuff like that. It was, that was very enjoyable for me, of course. Hmm. What kind of other, or what other kinds of yoga styles have you experienced? So you have, Vinyasa, yeah. Hatha, standard. Uh, have you tried Bikram? Have you tried... Um, I mean, you delved into acro. Yes. And yin? Um, yin? Yeah, so I did my 300 hour. Mm. So my 200 hours in Hatha Vinyasa. And my 300 hour was Ashtanga. Ooh. Yeah, so primary series. Uh, never... Where? At Mandala? So at Mandala, yeah. Mandala's 300 is Ashtanga. Yes. How come? So random. I thought it was like, same, same. I think because if you do the 200 hour at Mandala and it's Hatha Vinyasa Oh, then you just change it uh. um, Yeah, it's something new and I think it's good to be trained in both because that's generally that's, what yeah. everybody in Singapore is Everything sort of on. comes yeah. from yeah. From these two, yeah. yeah I mean, of course, there are many other things like Iyengar and all that, mm-hmm. you know but um, I think Ashtanga also in terms of doing the 300 hour if you are advancing yourself with that 300 hour practice physically it definitely advances you as well strong ashtanga is strong practice yeah do that every day wow yeah so that means primary series every day uh, yeah morning uh, twice a day once a uh, day once a day yeah. yeah it was I still try to but it's so hard home, to commit uh, to yeah it's hard uh, yeah. it's very hard, it's hard. but I it's have, one of those yeah. things that you if you want to you can run can get into the habit Yes, I have nothing but respect for the people who do it every yeah, day. Man. Shangis, yeah. 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 You they post on Instagram all this kind of thing. Yeah. Um why acro? Uh actually I I remember having this conversation with so we it was three of us that went together, Jess, myself and our other teacher at Mandala called Rachel. Mm. And I think it was Rachel who was the one who was quite keen on it. And then it just became a, okay, if you go, I'll just go. <laughs> was, have you ever done your acro before? I had, one of those I had, one, I had uh, done it once at the very first, um, oh, what's it called? What's that yoga fest called? Yoga fest? No, it's not yoga, yoga fest. Okay. Oh. Whatever. La. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I tried it at a yoga festival mm. once um, and had fun. Mm. And then after that, in the studio, of course, sometimes we'll just play around, like, you know, we'll just take photo, take photo, give it a try. Like, no, sometimes we would just do it, like, just because we're bored, just wanted to give it a try. And then I think we thought, like, 
it would be quite a fun skill to have, even if we don't do anything with it. It'd be a very interesting experience. And it really was. How long is it? 150 hours? 100. 100, 100 hours. So, what ha- like, so that means you can teach acro afterwards? Uh? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So we did our, we did both uh, levels. So we did acro level levels. one and two. Uh, for acro vinyasa, there's level one and level two. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's the difference between acro vinyasa and acro acro? Um, so other acro trainings out there are very, um, they're just acro. Mm. They are really just teaching you how to do all the pops, the whips, the poses and everything. So it is based off like gymnastics and circus training. You know, it's very much that kind of uh, very... So staticky, just 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 do the thing. Yeah, you're just doing the thing. Yeah. You're just doing it. Whereas acro vinyasa is... A flow. Ac- yeah, acro and yoga. So it's a three-part practice. So you start off with your solo vinyasa practice to warm up the body. So you're still very much linking it back to yoga. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, so the poses that you're doing up in the air, they're still based off yoga poses. Yeah. And then the second part of the practice is um, partner inversion work because there are some inversions in acro. Mm. And then the third part is the acro training, which is three people. Oh, wow. So then even in, in the air, you actually can do a flow. Like we have a flow that's like a warrior flow, but you're doing it in the air. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I've seen videos of this. I sort of think I know what you mean, but mm. I, I never really thought it was it was like acro vinyasa, like you could really do it in the air. Yeah, huh. so that's literally what the training, the, the, the thing is called. Like um, Hansa and Claudine, the mm. founders of acro vinyasa, they made sure to keep it very, very close to yoga, close to yoga still because they are yogis. Mm first and foremost, who really love acro as well. The people yeah. that were at that that um, course, were they mostly mostly yogis or like circus people or like from, no. from anywhere? They're all yogas. Uh, yeah, so actually in order to do the training, you should be 200 hours yeah. certified at least. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they were all yogis and it was an, an amazing experience. Yeah? Yeah. Very, very interesting. It was it was um, pushing us very, very physically and mentally. As compared to your two hundred. Oh my gosh, you will have no you have no idea. How so? Our trainings literally went from seven AM till ten PM every day. Oh why? So seven AM till about nine, we do a yoga session in uh, the morning. Like a normal hour. Yeah, but yeah. it's like pre- prepping us for whatever we're doing for the rest of the day, la. Then we eat breakfast. Then we come back, then we continue. Is that a lot of theory or is it not practical? A lot. Both. What kind of theory do you need to learn? Like like pose alignment? Uh how to move through everything. Ooh. Yeah. Like where to put your feet, yeah. how to how to hold yourself yes, up. Exactly. Things like that. Okay. How to instruct uh, basically. Oh, right, and you have to teach people so yes. right. So morning will be uh will be asana flow. And then after that we will learn the acro portion that we're mm. learning for that day. And then after that, we will go into lunch. And then during lunch, we have to start doing our lesson prep. And then right after that, we start teaching. So we take turns to teach mm-hmm. what we were taught that day. And then dinner break. And then after dinner, we practice After dinner, still have to practice. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it was either like a sharing session or practice session. Okay. Or what they call a jam, echo jam. How many TTs have you gone for? 200, 300? Acro, 
two Three. acro tradings. So I've done level one, level two, lah. Yeah. So Same I've done, f- yeah, four TTs. Okay. Which one was the most? What's the word like? Trying, the one that really pushed you. Physically, mentally. Acro Vinyasa teacher training level wow. one. Level one was trial by fire. Wow, but level one was really, really something else. Like huh. even all of us, even the guys were like dead by the first week. Wow. Physically very, very tired. I guess because you got the whole people up. Yes. It's very strength. It's very training. And also because a lot of us were doing it not so much for the first time, but it's more just, you know, it's very different doing a TT with just your own body versus you have to do it with so right. many different people. Like we were always grouped into different groups as it's well. A bit emotionally draining as well, like uh, yeah, to for sure. Manage all these different people. Yes, hmm. and having to communicate yeah. that was very hard because acro is a lot about communication, right. and not everybody communicates the same way you do. Yeah. You know, so, um, but it was still definitely something to learn from. It was a huge learning experience, and we're still in contact with a lot of the people that we did our training with, even though we're all we're all from like different parts different of the world. Like the three of us were like amongst maybe the five or six that were Asian. The rest were all not mm. like from Asia. They were from Europe. They were from America. They were from Australia. They were from all over, man. Yeah. And I, I mean, I dabbled in 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 acro before. Um, I went to this uh, work, workshop workshop class thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janice Jan was the one that brought me. Oh right. Yeah, yeah salt frosted. Salt frosted, man. <laughs> uh, she, we, so when I went and it was, it was kind of strange because like it was not really yoga, but it was also like the code, like the style is very different. Like they are, they like, they're very whole hands, sing song vibe. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, when I first did, when they're like, oh, okay, okay. you all it is- sit in a circle, put the toes together or something like that. It's very kumbaya lah. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that you use that word kumbaya because I use the word kumbaya too. Yeah. So I got there uh, two days after everyone else had gotten there for the first level training for Ekovinasa. Two days after. Okay. I joined late because oh. I had a gig. Oh, okay, okay. So I had a wedding gig the weekend that they started. So I came in two days late and I was already being updated by Jess and Rachel about what was going on. They oh. were like, oh, we're broken. Our bodies are broken. We're so tired. From two days. From two days. They were like, get ready. Um, but it's a lot of fun. We can't wait for you to get here. And then Jess also did pre-warn me because she knows the kind of person I am. Um, okay. I am a very practical, straightforward person. So I'm not the flower-loving <laughs> kind of person. But I am open to it. Okay? Right. That being said, all these TTs have opened my heart to all these things. But I did, and I did share it actually on one of our last few days during our training. I said, uh-huh. to be very honest, when I came in, I felt like this was very kumbaya because again, same thing, you know, during the sharing sessions, we would sit around in a candle, like lit, like circle thing, (laughs) holding hands, putting our hands over our hearts, you know, reading like mantras Uh and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, okay." yeah, this is kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. But by the end of it, you know, um, you can come in with a lot of pre-decided ideas Mm. of what you like and what you don't. Mm. But I think the most important thing to take away from all these trainings is that you just immerse yourself no matter what. And so I really, I really did appreciate that, that they allowed me to, you know, like 
take my time to yeah. immerse myself and I really did at the end of it I really loved it and so our graduation was literally us holding hands <laughs> keeping our eyes closed I'm not going to give too much away because yeah. they still do the trainings and right. it's a beautiful experience it's a really big surprise but at the end of it we were all sobbing like we were crying Ayo, standard. you know we were it's crying like so bad and we had like um we had flowers in our hair. Mm, like there's always flowers. There's always some flowers, yeah. And like, you know, hugging everyone. And it's it really was Kumbaya Max. Mm. But for someone who is not super Kumbaya, I really loved it. Like, if you come from my classes, I'm a very straightforward teacher. Mm. It's like... No fluff, la. Straight no fluff. to the point. Right, put right your foot forward, there. Put back, your hand yeah. there, yeah. You know, I don't... I've not to say anything about anyone, but I've never been someone who has ever been able to pull off the shine your heart yeah, forward. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've, I'm like, spread your collarbones, open your chest. Yeah, you know? I've never been... To the point. And that's yeah, your style. It that's seems my style. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it fits you. Because yeah. if you were to say something else, that wouldn't... It would be like, oh, what you suddenly say? Yeah, exactly. You know, this kind of earthy stuff. But I, I mean... I felt that same way as well. Like I think it's also part of like us being Asians, being Singaporean. We're a bit more reserved to all this kind of like, like fluffy stuff and like so easy to you can just tell your whole life story to strangers. Is like I, like yeah. I'm a bit reserved. Like, I don't wanna, I don't want to cry in front of public, right? But then I've, but then yeah, there's something about yoga that makes you um, not only just get out of your own comfort zone, being around strangers, being in a foreign place. It's all very new, but. After a while, you sort of like, you, you, you get, I wouldn't say get used to it. You just get open to the idea. Like my last TT, um, that was at the end part. Then they were asking us to, um, uh, we were going to like lie down in front of, like we had a we form a circle and we lie down in front of it. Then people would take a flower and yeah. throw at you and say something nice. And I was like, what oh, is damn late? It's a bit late. It's a bit cringy. La. Then like they, we voted like, like who wants to do it? Who do want? Now I'm like, I don't want to do it. It's weird, but I'm open to try. So like that was like, who wants to do it? Who don't want to do it? And who's open to try it? So I said, I don't want to do it and I'm open, but I'm open to try it. But then at the end of it, I was like having such a great time, just throwing the flowers. I was just happy be lying down in the circle. So it was like you, like you see that and I confirm, no, like this is not something I want to do. This is something, not something that I'll enjoy, but I, I enjoyed it. Like mm. it really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So then like if that's something that I can enjoy, what else can I enjoy? You know, what else am I holding myself back? You know, and it's nice to be able to be open to that, to experience all these different things. And I'm glad that yoga has brought that awareness to us and has brought that, that experience for us as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think the biggest thing for me out of all the TTs was, was, was that, um, you're just experiencing and trying things that you never thought you would, you know, like I, Never thought that I would sit in the circle and hold hands with people <laughs> and not feel cringed out yeah. by it. But you know, when you when you allow yourself to be in the space, it's it feels totally normal. And yeah. I think that's what's very important for us doing the TTs because when new people come into the studio, never done yoga before, and then they're like, I have no idea what to expect. And then you as the teacher are supposed to guide them on that same journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's very special about it because a lot of times people come in you can see their faces like they're a bit apprehensive or they're trying to put up a front you know they're trying to be a bit guarded and then by the end of the class they're loving it they're like smiling they're happy they come up to you they're like that was great thank you so much that was my first time or you know like but you know that kind of thing Mm. like we always 
experience that, especially I'm sure you guys do too, especially with being, you know, being such a big studio. You, I'm sure you have faces that come in, the face like them deadpan, like sometimes a bit black face at the start of the class, but by the end of it, they look refreshed. Fresh. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like it. And after a while, like at the beginning, we thought like, I mean, I thought like, wow, this, you hate it. That's why your face so black. You hate this. <laughs> I'm I'm doing I'm like I'm letting you down. This is terrible. You're not enjoying this at all. Then at the end, Shabasna, you come out. And like, hey, thanks for class. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, it's thanks. actually very funny that you're saying this because I think in Singapore, there's uh like you said because we're very conservative, and we're a bit more reserved. Mm. So it's a very different experience teaching here, and I think that a lot of. Um, European or American or Australian teachers, if they ever come here, they would be very like, oh, am I doing a good job? Because when we did our Echo Vinyasa training, um, one of the teachers was like, I'm not sure if anybody's enjoying my class because nobody's really saying anything. And we were like, dude, you got to come to Singapore. Nobody says <laughs> anything during class. You mean that they have to say something? No, it's like, not that. I think they're just very used to getting a response, a reaction, a reaction yeah. to okay. things. Um, even if it's just like, like someone grunting in the oh. middle of class, you know, that kind of thing. Oh. And so I think it's a very different culture that we have here. And so I think it's, the, it's a great thing that a lot of our Singaporean yoga teachers are doing their training, not only here, you know, because uh, first and foremost, it would be great if we can do it here because it saves a lot of money, right? But we're also starting to expand our horizons mm. in doing it in other places. And you get a very different vibe. And combining the two sometimes helps, you know, bring Open a your very, mind yeah, to all these things. Bring a very different, different experience styles, yeah. for students, for sure. Have you practiced yoga outside of Singapore and outside of Bali before? Uh, have I? No, like actually. In the, in the West or in Australia or anything like that? Unfortunately, we have traveled so many times um, because of gigs, because mm. of work. And we've gone to London, we've gone to Australia, but I've never been able to take a class because there's literally no, no time. No time in and out. Lah. Yeah, so when I'm there, I'm literally just practicing in the hotel room or in the apartment that we're put up at. Mm. So I'm doing my own. Yeah, because that's all the time I have for, like, wake up in the morning before the gig or before sound check, that kind of thing. Mm. So it sucks. Lah. But thankfully, the teachers that we've trained with um, in Bali, mm. uh, we even trained with Dice mm. from Bryce Yoga. Mm. Yeah, so that was... For what? For Acro? For Acro. He was part of oh, our training yeah. too. Both yeah. of them? Uh? No, just him. Who's the, who's the partner? Uh, no, there was no oh, partner. I mean, uh, they had an assistant whose name was Angela. So it's, it's Echo Vinyasa's um, Yoga Beyond's uh, assistant, not Dice's assistant. Okay. But Dice was there with us. And he was a mind-blowing teacher for me. Like, again, very straight-to-the-point teacher. Yeah. That's not fluff. Yeah. But it was such an experience learning from him. It was so, wow, it was mind-blowing for me. He was there for the whole TT or yes, just like a few days? level ago? two. Ah. He was there for level two's TT. And of course, already like Yoga Beyond, uh, Hansa and Claudine, like they are, they were already amazing teachers from like level one. What an experience. Yeah. yeah. You have to I, meet all these different... Yeah. It was really, really awesome. And then they also had some friends who would drop in like from time oh, to time. All these like random like superstar. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was really, that was really cool for us to take away a lot of different things from different teachers. Oh, I want to keep learning, man. I want to keep taking as many TTs as I can. Yeah. yeah. If honestly, if I didn't, 
if I had the time, I would love to do more two hundred hour TTs yeah. like all over the world. Yeah, I mean like, like dice. If he he's still two hundred hours, it's gonna be different from other two hundreds. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm gonna learn a lot from that. Hmm. Are you planning to do any more? I've been wanting to do a TT like a two hundred hour, but it's just a matter of finding time. Because if I do it overseas, it means I'm gone for a month. Mm. Which is very difficult in my world, because <laughs> mm. we gig so much. Plus, you, know, you have we, commitments, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like teaching all this, you cannot like just f off for like one month. Well, I mean, teaching if I go during the summer break, because Lasalle has summer oh, breaks, right? So it's easy. But so many gigs, ah. Uh. Gigs is the but gigs is hard. Gigs, you can sort of just not accept it, lah. For that, no, no, month. my regular gigs. They cannot find a replacement, ah. Uh. It's very Actually, hard yeah, on the band, also. It's because, not fair to because them. everybody else, so yeah. Hmm. That's why the TTs that I've gone for are usually max two weeks. Yeah. That are not in Singapore. Yeah. Okay. What kind would you want to take? Like, what's what branch do you want to go delve deeper into? Yin, um, restore. Uh, never really thought of a specific thing. But a two hundred lah. A two hundred would be great. Mm. I would love to do another two hundred. Okay. There's so much, so so much to learn just in two hundred. Yeah. Alignment cues. You know, physical alignments, like when you're adjusting the students, mm. like there's Are so much. Are you big on adjusting? Room. I'm quite big on adjusting, um, mm. but only if the student is comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. standard. Mm. I, mean, I think most people at Mandala seem to be. Yes. Yeah. Are they? Are the Are the students at Mandala um, more advanced? Like, what's the crowd like? Okay, so because we are mostly a teacher training studio. Uh, we don't have a lot of commercial classes in a day, mm. so you're looking at like maybe three, max four classes in a day. Um, so all the teachers that teach there, except for the master trainers, are part timers. Mm. And so when we come in, we come in wanting to do a million and one things in one class. Mm. So except for our basic classes, which is my beginner flow, and uh, I think it's a hatha beginner thing that one of the other teachers take. All the other classes generally tend to be a bit more strength based. Yikes! So you will definitely delve into some form of arm balance and inversion okay. during the class. Of course, not everyone's forced to do it. Like yeah, yeah. it's your choice. But so generally, I would say that mandala practitioners tend to be a bit more intermediate okay, already. Yeah. yeah, even <clears> if they can't do the full expression, they know the options to take. The options to take. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's because, fun. That is fun. Eh, yeah, right? you got a lot of all these regulars or people mm. who are relatively strong and you're just like let's go let's go yes One, two, and and it's also it's it's also very nice because it's not a huge space it's cozy so, yeah. yeah so Intimate. you still get a lot of attention from the teachers how, what's the max uh, how many mats in uh, in, oh, I mean we can do different configurations la. maximum like fully utilizing the entire studio space is about 24 that's okay. Yeah, yeah. but, but um, generally we cap it to about 14, maximum wow, 16. that's like last 10 more. Eh? Yeah, but that's because we can combine two studios into one oh, studio. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. 16 is okay. 16 is, is nice. Yeah. yeah, without anybody. You can still see everybody's face. Yeah. yeah. And nobody's really kicking each other. Uh, yeah. yeah, got space to like drop here, drop there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think because of the vibe, like everybody is quite... Um, Everyone is very friendly at Mandala. So even if like someone who's never been there comes mm. in, 
they still feel like pretty okay. You know, okay. they don't feel intimidated. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's the the tricky thing. It's a big it's a big deal like yeah. to make the studio accessible and approachable, mm. especially for someone who is like. I mean, yoga has its own stereotypes. People think oh, it's sure. like oh, some hippie thing. It's just about stretching, and then you go there, and like they they will like have incense burning and chants and all that. The giant Indian man poster on the <laughs> shrine, you know, that's gonna turn people off. Yeah. But it's unfortunate because that is what yoga is in, on some level, right? Yeah. It is a tradition. It is a, um, an old kind of style, right? But the Western yoga has changed it into a certain way, and now it's this, which is still very approachable. Um, it's one way to get people into the door, you know. And then the more they do it, if they want to go deeper into it, then they will start to find all the different lineages and all this kind of thing. Uh. For sure. It's, everybody always has the same question, like, you know, how do I get started? You sure. know, why would you want to... Yeah. And I, I think the number one thing is to remember that no matter what your reason is, you want to look cool doing the pose on Instagram. Like, I won't judge you because you are still showing up on your mat. Yeah. You know? And then it's very... It's always the same journey. Like, as long as you start, no matter what your reason is, for working out, to get healthier, to get fitter, to do a cool pose on Instagram... Your journey will always end up the same in that you will find that it's so much more than just the cool poses and then you will start to feel that holistic change in your body. And then Eventually, yeah. right? The, the more you just show up, eventually yeah. it will happen. On. Yeah, and then you will just start realizing that that's, that is the journey you take and then that's when you become so-called addicted, you know? And then the next person will ask, oh, why are you doing yoga? And then they start going on their journey too. And mm. everybody always just ends up in that same place where you really, where you start to feel the change in your body. I like that. Yeah. I like that aspect about yoga where, like say, uh, people knew you were certain, like say, oh, last time Sarah very, very, got a lot of fire one. Now she's so chill. What did she do? Let's, and you go to the Instagram. Oh, she does a lot of yoga. Hey, what's this yoga? And then I'll go to class and I'll find out about it. And in a way, like you were responsible for, 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 for leading them to that path because you embodied that. Yeah. You, you, you lived your, your, your yoga experience. Yeah. And, and people see the way that you've evolved. Like you, you've become a better person through this. People want that. You know, for themselves, and then they like, what? What does this person do? Oh, he eats healthy. Oh, okay. Oh, he goes to yoga. Okay, maybe I should do that as well if I want to be like like you. Yeah. So it's nice. It's nice that like, it's one of those things that you force. You 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 have to, in a way, live that life of being kind to your body, being mindful, being aware, and and people can see it. That authenticness that comes from it, especially as a teacher, you have to be authentic. To of teach. course. You cannot anyhow, you know, fake it. You can lah in a way, but people can see people through. People can it. see one, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that 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 you shared that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, how has being a performer, a music performer, influenced your teaching style, or does it even? It definitely does. Mm. I think it definitely does in the way that I possibly carry myself during classes. Um. You know, you were asking me about my first day teaching and I wasn't so much nervous as I was just trying to... Figure out what to say. La. Yeah, just make sure that I did the class justice. Mm. But I wasn't shaking. I wasn't super, super nervous. Were and you I very self-critical? I am quite. Mm. I am quite, yes. Yeah, I, I am quite. Even so, in, in, for teaching yoga, la, I would say. Yeah, for sure. But um, definitely helps with 
performance experience that I am able to uh, walk into a room and not yeah. be terrified that I'm speaking in front of 20 people. This is a natural thing for you? Like, even before, like, when you first started performing? I would say yes. Wow. I would say yes. I'm, I started performing very young because I was always in school choir and we did operas, like, we did theatre productions. So it's always been kind of a part of my journey to have been a performer. Hmm. Yeah, I started from, oh, very young, like six. Okay. Yeah. So, thankfully, la, don't have the performance anxiety. Um, what are some of the things that you had to overcome to teach? To if, teach? If not, if not like the stage presence, like quote-unquote stage presence or confidence, and besides just getting the hang of what yoga was, did you have to f- overcome anything? I think, like I was saying, you know, like not because Singaporeans are so stoic when they're working out, I think that was one of the hardest things. You just to, don't know what they're thinking. Like. Yeah, to not be affected by blank faces mm. and just um, still continue with the class, be confident in what I'm teaching, be confident that I'm doing a good job mm. and then, uh, you know, always allowing people to approach me if they had any feedback and stuff like that. But thankfully, generally, nothing really to complain about mm. I mean of course we have days where we don't sleep enough that I flubber my words here and so there but understand it's so yeah. normal and I think people forgive you I think that's not the biggest concern that students have I think the more important thing is I'm sure you've been for a class before where as a teacher sometimes you just have to shut that off when you realise that the flow isn't exactly oh. supposed the way it's supposed to go but you know that even as a practitioner you will know when your body feels okay and when it doesn't feel okay after a class. Mm. And that is always the depiction of what's what's a good class and not, right? That's interesting. And yeah. so, yeah. And so, I always just have to make sure that, of course, you have to follow the proper flow. Mm. But also just, you know, like, as long as you don't get feedback that the person feels shittier than when they before class started, I think you're doing an okay job. What do you mean by proper flow? Like, you're talking about, like, the, the lead up? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't... I mean, it's different. Like, this is in terms of sequencing? Sequencing, uh, yeah. I have uh, had someone take over my class when I couldn't do it before. And um, the feedback was the students did not enjoy it Mm -hmm. because it was... Up, down, up, down. Up, down, up, down. And, the, you know, like, without sounding too woo-woo, the chakras were probably misaligned or something you know like just thrown a bit out of whack oh, yeah this was uh, the teacher was new la, I guess no yeah. that's just a style his style yeah probably just a style mm. and because that teacher is still very popular but again you know oh, everybody has different, different teaching yeah, styles okay, okay. so I think yeah it's just a matter of that and also one of the difficult things to remember as a teacher and which I've had to learn through many years of mm. performing is that you can't please everyone. <sighs> Spot on. Yes. Spot on. That is one that. of the hardest things and that is one of the things that always kills a teacher's confidence, I feel, is that you see that one student maybe has a frown on their face mm. and then immediately you're affected. But it's, it's hard to it's let hard go. It's hard because, yeah. yeah, we know we need to let go of that. We know that we can't please everyone and of the 10 people that tell you, hey, I really enjoy your class, it just takes one yes. person to be like, no, I didn't like it. Yeah. I don't, why you do this? I, I don't like. 
No, but you know, you can always have that same, that one person that is like that. Mm. And they will still always bring the energy to your mm. class. I've had a student like that before. But they still show up week mm. after week. You know, it's, it's their own struggle. Uh. It's their own thing. Like you could say 10 times, right foot in front, left leg behind. Their left foot still in the front, yeah. right leg's behind. And then when you go to change them around, they're like, oh, then in their minds, they're like, you didn't instruct me properly, but it's actually them. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's really... Everybody's on their own journey. Like, yeah, who are we to... It's really not something that you're in control of sometimes. Mm. And, but again, it's a journey. Not everybody can understand that. And of course, I still get affected sometimes. It's only human, mm. you know? Especially when we come into a practice space and intending to only teach out of love and yeah. out of sharing, you know? Because you have to come from that place. You can't come from any other place. Like, you can't come from a place of hate. No, of and course And come here like, alright, fuck you guys, let's do this. Yeah. No, it, it, you have to come like, alright, I'm excited to share. I've planned the sequence. Let's try and do this. Yes. And then maybe for some reason, uh, this person didn't like it or everybody couldn't do it or you just killed everybody unintentionally or you didn't satisfy them, people are still like, I, I don't feel like I worked out. Mm. Um, and the people leave feeling a bit like, meh. But yeah. that's just like, something to go back to the drawing board with, or to something to, 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 to tweak, yeah. to, to take their reaction, and see what you can do about it, whether if it's a negative one, to, to think and reflect on whether, no, I think I did a good job. Um, the nine classes, uh, everybody gave me good feedback, only this class, bad feedback, maybe it's just this crowd, Versus, uh, maybe I do need to change something with the sequence. Maybe something's not working, you know? So it's all these things is very experimental. What you do, you can teach the same sequence to two different, on two different days, both different reactions. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's very, mm. very hard to explain and put into words how to decipher, like, what you should pay attention to and what you shouldn't, mm. you know? But... Like I said, again, it took me many years of being on stage to finally come to a point and realize that, again, I can't please everyone. And of course, you know, like there are days where I'm on fire on stage and some days I'm just like messing up like every two, three songs. It be the chords that I'm playing or the words that I'm singing. And of course, there has to be professionalism involved. So, you know, like if I know that that was a particularly bad set, I will go to like a corner a quiet place during my break and just like get it out of my head and then come back and turn it on again you know so just bring yourself back right? mm, yeah, and I think to, that's yeah. I think that's very diff- very important and I really really honestly admire y'all because y'all teach like sometimes four classes a day wow yeah and I will say that that I, I don't know how y'all do it it's because draining. It's draining. yeah because it's yeah. different classes different combinations of poses so like different flows I mean of course you can always borrow certain things from the same class that day you can't expect to teach four different freaking flows in one day but it still takes a lot of having to just you know switch it on every single time that you come in to the classroom I feel like you have to like like if you're tired you're tired that's that's fine but you still have to go you still have to go already people came to your class for for this, you know, and you, you can't like let them down. If you are tired or if something is bothering you, you, you gotta just put that aside. Mm. But in a way that forces you to 
to to um like say something is really bothering you like you feel very sad about something boyfriend break up you or whatever and then you come to class you kind of had to put that aside but by putting that aside it helps you deal with mm. your your own shit emotionally because you are then not letting that negative emotion bother you and in a way the class has helped you to heal on yeah. some level there are times when I come in super tired and after teaching the class I, so, I feel so energized because they gave me energy as well as much as I gave them yeah. so it's a nice dynamic it's nice this um, just like how sometimes when you go to class um, after you teach you feel even tired or as a student you feel super energized you go in you do the, the thing you really feel like wow I feel very tired like this teacher sucked the energy from me yeah. you know so it's it's a lot of this 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 thing you know yeah. holding space and, and balancing all, all these energies yeah how you manage yourself hmm do you have any advice for new teachers having like I'm sure you've played a part in the mandalas uh, TT right on some here and there here yeah. and there you just Very like, pop small. in yeah. yeah but like seeing all these new faces, faces every every few months they'll, they'll probably ask you some hey, how, how, how's teaching how should I do I usually try my best to sit in on the practice teaching mm-hmm. classes so I actually yeah, yeah I actually do the classes I did Genesis class yeah. you know so um, I, and I try to do give feedback mm. I try to give very constructive feedback um, and thankfully because um, Jessica is a super dedicated teacher she will not let any student that you know is struggling with the teaching process like just figure it on their mm. own she really delves into it with them and she goes through the motion with them. So um, by the time by the time I'm taking the class, they're actually doing pretty well mm-hmm. already. So it's just reassuring them. And also, of course, I think me being on the mat does stress them out. It, yeah. But uh, it's important to also have them feel that stress mm, very early on. Yes. So um, <laughs> yeah, so you can definitely you oh, can man. definitely feel like they're a bit nervous, but I usually try to just let them, like, give them that confidence mm. boost. Like, you, you still hold did well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you you are really, you did a good flow. Mm. Like, be confident of the flow. And usually that definitely helps, you know. So, um, I would say, like, for new teachers, maybe just keep practicing with people that you already know have a pretty strong practice as well. That's true. So that they can also give you feedback. Because even just bringing friends in, doesn't really help like because especially if you bring friends in who they are always brand new. say it's nice oh yes. I enjoyed it yeah thanks exactly thanks. Yeah. so you want constructive criticism go to people that you really do want to hear from like it's going to be hard because they're going to give you feedback but it's only going to be good for you in the long run it comes from a, the feedback comes from a good place as well exactly like they're trying to be honest they're not here to shit on you exactly they like, like no you, you messed up this part you need to be careful yeah. this time or whatever yeah. or this sequence don't make sense you go up then you go down you go up again yeah yeah. all this is necessary it's part of the learning process yeah and if you if you don't really take feedback very well then then it's very hard yeah it's very hard to be a teacher if you don't know how to be a student yeah first. yeah exactly that's why they always that's a very common thing that we throw around in the yoga world like oh I'm a, I'm a student of yoga you know yeah hmm okay any other advice Practical, emotional. Uh, do you have a do you have a centering? What do you call that? A centering um, habit that you do before or after class to prepare yourself. Do you sniff some essential oils? Do you burn no. something? Do you just <laughs> I don't. I always okay. 
the number one thing for me is always be at the studio at least half an hour yeah. before the class. That yeah. is a I don't know how people can show me. up like 10 minutes, like one minute before yeah. Yeah, and no. then just go in. No. How's that? Uh, I say that half an hour is, is, a good time. is a good time because it gives you time to receive students who might be early. It gives you time to... I mean, I mean, our studio is different. We don't really have like fixed reception hmm. people. So we have a studio manager, but a lot of times we are the ones receiving students. So if you have a studio that works that way, half an hour is always good because it gives you time to prep, gives you time to go through your flow before your class, gives you time to calm yourself down. It gives you time to be completely settled before the class starts so you're not flustered, you're not mm. rushing. And it gives you time to, if you are that kind of teacher who would like to chat with students before, like I usually do that, especially with people who come in for the first time. I would usually sit on the mat with them and say like, oh, how long have you been practicing? You know, do you have any injuries? You know, what's your journey? Where do you work? It's very personal. Yeah, it's very yeah. personal. For me, it's very personal. I like to get to know my students. Mm. And um, yeah, so I would say half an hour minimum to show up before your it's class. It's very important to ground yourself before class. It, I, it's like you come in from like a heavy traffic on the outside, your mind's all over the place, you're trying to like remember your sequence, saying hi to people, all this kind of thing. Yes. It's a lot to manage. Yes. If it's a hot sure. class, you gotta turn on the heater. You just gotta get to know the space. Yes. Ooh, yeah. And I feel it's a responsibility mm. that you do that for your students before yeah. you start the class. Ooh, I like that. It's, it is a responsibility. Yeah. yeah you have to. Hmm. You want to talk about whole space and giving the right energy? That is the best way to do it. Yeah. Half an hour before your class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Ooh, okay. I like it. <laughs> I like the answer. Uh, I have more questions. If if we're sort of personal... Uh, you, you got, oh, yeah, you got yeah, yeah, time? yeah. No, okay. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you... like At the end of each party, I will ask like different questions to different people. Okay. Are right, you ready? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, question number one. Actually, actually, these questions are quite common. Like, I asked before, but I like these questions, so I'm just going to ask okay. you these questions. Okay. Question number one. What do you think is the biggest problem in the world today? And what should people do about it? The biggest problem in the world today is to you, entitlement. Like, mm. And that leads to a lot of different things because it's a lack of consideration for others. A lot of lack of respect for other people. Mm. Um, because you're so fixated on the you, you like you yeah yeah and I think that that is a massive thing that we have especially in Singapore mm. because we are so we're so babied by everything yeah the government the efficiency everything, yeah. of everything and it's very prevalent whenever I travel that I feel like oh my god I'm so entitled because I'm getting frustrated with the person in front of me who's not walking fast enough you know, the simple kind of thing. And then I always have to remind myself, okay, I'm in a totally different space. And maybe this is a wake up for me to just chill and just take things as they come. That's interesting. Like that you, you were being, you were able to be aware of that. Like you caught yourself being upset at someone who yeah. had nothing, like it wasn't going out of its way to cause you any distress. Yes. You took that and you were like, you know, fuck this guy, he's walking yeah, so slow. Exactly. But then you came from a place like Singapore, we're in a rush. And then you go to, say, another country where they're more chill, there's a countryside or whatever, like, it's that, to him, that's normal. 
Yeah. So we do catch ourselves in these things. Yes. Do you think it's the society's role, a part of society that causes us this problem? It's a whole bunch of things. But yeah, society is definitely one. Mm. And it's technology, it's all these different things. And mm. it's just everything combined. We're becoming a very self-entitled people mm. in general. We're mm. becoming very, very um, self-centered. Like everything is very self-serving. Like I buy this because of this reason I I post this on social media to get the likes for me yeah you know that kind of thing it's, it's a very love-hate relationship I have with social media lah. Yeah, I did likewise yeah yeah I, I've talked about it publicly quite mm. a few times before like but this is the world we live in like, we exactly. kind of have to it's just a matter of discipline like, I feel like whether we can not we can still post whatever we want to post to get yeah. the, the the response but to still put it aside when we need to be present yeah yeah but then, so what's the cure? What's the solution? If you were the king of the world and now the problem is entitlement, what would you do? I don't think you can force people out of this mindset, but rather you can just try to educate. educate. How? Just, you know, just that one person just needs to say, hey, maybe he wasn't purposely trying to mm. piss you off. You know, and then that person will be like, "Oh, okay, maybe I was being rash- so irrational." So it's a matter of awareness. Yeah, I was being irrational, and then that person will then pass it on to someone else, and then it just keeps going from there. Yeah. Spreading awareness—that's the cure. Yeah, for like entitlement. Bunny yes. and I are reality checks for each other all the time. Mm-hmm. As you, that's a good, um, that's a good like uh, like someone to call you out. Like yes, he calls me out. Yeah. I call him it's out. Like, oh, wait a yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You need that, that truth, that honesty, and you need that someone who you trust to call you out on your BS. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. You're recently married, so congratulations. Yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, question number two. What are you most afraid of? Clowns. Seriously? Yeah, mascots. Like <laughs> mascots and clowns. Oh my God. You have no idea. Like, we do so many gigs where they have like mascots, yeah. and the boys have to literally keep them away from the stage because I will try to run off the stage if they come to How close. irrational is that, yeah? It's bad. I, I must have had some trauma as a kid. Because you watched like it when you were young? No, never watched it. I cannot sit near Ronald McDonald, even the statue. Oh, the, the one where he tells Yeah, no, no, cannot. Oh. Yeah. Only clowns is only clowns or like mascots? Like like there's those teddy bear or like mascots from far are okay. Even if, if it's a if it's a how uh if it's like a humanoid mascot with yeah. a human face. If the head is off and okay. I can see the human person's head, it's fine. Oh. But the minute you put the head on, I'm That's like, That's so nope. strange. Have you gone to like Disneyland or something? Kind of thing? Like, yeah, but I generally didn't really... Go play with the thing. Mascots, uh. no. I mean, you, I have some photos as a child and I'm still like... Mm-hmm. Like that. And my cousin dressed up as Santa Claus when I was a kid and I'm still like freaking Santa out. Santa Claus is, is not really a mascot, what? But you still don't see the face. So if it's so then it's not a mascot, it's like any kind of costume that you have a mask over yeah, it. Yeah, I think inanimate objects coming to life is just no for me. Mm. Because they have no expression. That's what's oh, very that's scary true. for me. Yeah. Wow. And it's just it's just a very like unnatural like joy that comes from them. Because it's the perpetual smile. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Whoa. How does that not freak people out? I don't know. That's true. No yeah. one's that happy. Yeah, no one's that happy all the time. <laughs> yeah. That is my irrational fear. Mm, okay. Do you have a rational fear? I think failure is my rational fear. I think just not succeeding at things that I think that I should be succeeding at. I think that's a lot of people's fear, mm. right? Like, mm. are you worried that you're not going to be good at your job 10 years from now? 
you know, are you worried that you might not be able to provide for your family? Is that why, or, or, or rather like that has motivated you to be so... Such a hustler? Yeah, hustle. Because you, you, you know... I think so. Trying I think, everything and all that. I think that could be one of the reasons. Um, At least you've let your fear motivate you in a positive way. Mm. You haven't, you hasn't, you haven't let it overcome you. Like, oh, I'm scared to fail so I don't try anything. Yeah, but I think it also comes from the, the failure and the wanting to please everyone is like, which came first. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's always been my struggle. But uh, thankfully... I have always been okay. You know, like, even in the music industry, it's been pretty okay for us. So we're, we're very blessed in that sense. You managed to, you've managed to deal with it, love. Those yeah. times that you had to. Yeah. But then I think it's every Singaporean's worry for the future. Everybody, so, everybody's worried yeah. about the future. Everybody's worried about what's going to come. Yeah. That's, I think that's very normal. But yeah, that's my rational fear. In a way, it's sort of irrational as well. Yeah, it is. It is because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Question number three. What's the most important thing people need to know about you? Oh. Mm. Uh, this is a self-reflection exercise. This, what is the most important thing? I have a guess. What? Hmm. I feel like people would want to know that you are a little bit more of an introvert sometimes. Or you are you an introvert? I am okay, that's very interesting. I am a super extrovert when I'm out. And uh, when I'm at one home of those hybrids. And when I'm at home I shut down completely. Uh, I'm like a totally different person at home. Uh, yeah. So that's like the stage presence, right? But is that the real you? Uh, yeah, it is still yeah. the real me. I mean, basically, whoever you see on stage is really me. The yeah. way I talk, uh, the way that I converse with people, it's like I'm talking on stage. Mm. So I've, I've never been good with putting on a front. Mm. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I've never been good with that. I've, I think I'm my best self when I'm most authentic. Um, but... I definitely need to recharge. Right. And because when you teach, you give out energy, right? True. And I spend so much of my time teaching, be it in yoga studio or be it in LaSalle, I give out so much energy. And then when I'm in a gig, I'm giving out energy again. Mm. So by the time I get home, I'm just done. Mm. So that is my time to really just shut up and recharge. Mm. So yes, I'm quite a hybrid. Um, but I think... Take your time. Think about it. I think I'm one of those that when I am put in a situation with new people, mm. this is a very different role reversal because I'm always on this side. Are you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I used to DJ as well and I will right. always interview people. Ah, okay. Or like even when I'm hosting, I'm always the one interviewing people because mm. I do MCing as well. Um, so I think maybe that's why you're getting that vibe from me because when I'm on the receiving end, I know not to overpower. Oh. Yeah, because when I'm put in a situation with new people and... You're letting and them shine. La. I'm letting them shine, but I'm also helping them to come out of yeah. their shell. Oh. Yeah, so... I feel like I'm doing that eh, yeah. with you. Yeah, but that's because oh. I'm not I'm not trying yeah, to yeah, overstep yeah. the boundary. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yes. Okay, so okay. I think 
I think that that is yeah that is probably something that's quite surprising for people, pe- people yeah who don't know you like, yes yeah. who don't know me personally yeah but if you know me personally most of my friends will say that I'm then funny you, and yeah, loud and very rah rah la. yeah, like, like anybody la. who knows like anybody else la. okay and the other thing is also I'm not just a cat person <laughs> anything I'm, that on four legs yes I mean I love dogs too I love uh, all animals but it's just that I, I resonate most with cats hmm. so that's why people always think that I only like cats yeah but no I love all animals yeah. I think me too I mean there's something about cats that are very like ooh, you know that they're like they are they are independent they are like they have this like blase kind of yeah, attitude they, they just do. like come over to you and then you just walk away like what what like oh that already says so much do you like me do you not like me what's going on are you hungry yeah i like that like that there's this um saying i can't remember about like being in the present moment about a cat and the cat is just sitting there on like just like lying on the on a porch or something and then a dog runs towards it and the dog is just uh, the cat is just sort of chilling there and as the dog runs towards the cat the cat doesn't move it keeps going closer and closer and the cat still doesn't move then the dog stops and it just just turns away <laughs> and that is like the epitome of what zen is like you just chill the pro- the problem hasn't come to you why are you reacting yeah so the cat is just, just like the 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 mascot of the Zen lifestyle, yeah. where like unless the thing touch me, then I will react. Otherwise, I have no, I have no beef, or I have no problem. Exactly. Yeah. That's how cats are. Unless exactly. you go to them, yeah. You know, they and even the, even, even then, like you know, they are they are just so like they are in their own world. They do their own thing. It's kind of cool. But that's the misconception also. Like my cats are like dogs. They are mm. super affectionate. My my older cat Joe greets me at the door every night when I come home. Mm. He rolls over. Yeah, you yeah, you touch her. Yeah, so that I can rub his belly. Cats do need um attention. They do need like companionship. Yeah. And then the the other one is just like a lap cat. Like the minute I sit down, he's oh, in my oh. lap. You know, so I've got very uncat like cats. Mm. <laughs> I've been very Freaky lucky. Cats are, yeah. yeah, they've been, they're very very loving. So it's very interesting. Um, like when people come over and then they're like, oh my god, your cats are so affectionate. I'm like, actually, most cats are. Mm-hmm. It's just that you don't take the time to Yeah, because you only go socialize. there one day to play with the cat one day. Yes. He doesn't know you. Cats are shy. Um, and I'm glad that you brought the part up about being authentic because like when I was, before I wanted to interview you, I was like thinking, what, what do I, why do I want to talk to you? Like, why am I, like, yeah, I want to talk to different people with different experiences, mostly yogis but why you like I was thinking to myself and one of the reasons why I wanted to was because you were a very authentic person Um, you are a musician you are very talented jack of all trades master of some (laughs) you you know not none you you, you are good at the things that you do and and you your practice is very strong and I'm sure you're a very good teacher even though I've never been to your class before Um, but online and offline you are who you are Mm. on stage off stage you are the same person and that is very rare in a in a society like this where we have our online persona and we have our offline persona and it's very difficult to 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 find a someone who has both mm. you know it's either you're like some instagram you are one one person and then like in person like why why very different uh, you know and people can tell you know so one of the reasons yeah i like that authenticity about you and I hope you maintain that authenticity. I, I do hope I do too, yeah. Mm. I think that is something that I I 
don't think I can let go of lah. <laughs> yeah, as you should. Yeah, I shouldn't keep it. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, two more or five? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you could spend, oh, this is interesting. Okay. If you could spend one, spend it. Well, I think. <laughs> if you could spend a day with anyone dead or alive, who who could it? Who would it be? Dead or alive? Yeah. I would always, always say John Lennon. Ooh. Yeah, because he's the only Beatle that... I mean, I grew up loving the Beatles. Yeah. So, And he was just the most messed up but fascinatingly he, brilliant person. eccentric minds, huh? Yeah, and he was, he was a pretty messed up person. Lah, but I just wanted to... I would just love to be able to sit down with him and just chat. You know, like... I got to watch Paul McCartney live already, so I got to experience that. Yeah. Even though I didn't talk to him personally, but I got as to see... Close as, it get, as, as close as it, yeah. as it gets. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and I got to see him and the next missing puzzle piece for me would be John Lennon. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. How do you think he resonates with you? A lot of my music side Spire. of things, like the way I write my songs, the way I sing certain things the, the way I play certain instruments mm. they're very inspired by the Beatles um, definitely hands down uh, because that's 90% of what I grew up listening to uh, even till today I still listen mm -hmm. from time to time and I realised that a lot of the songs that I resonated with were the ones that were written by him mm. yeah I mean Paul wrote great songs of course and I still love him a lot but uh, John Lennon wrote a lot of things that, yeah, lyrically, melodically, were just fascinating to me. And it shaped a lot of who I am today because if I didn't enter the music industry, I wouldn't be who I am today. That's true. You know, so it's it's a lot of that journey that has led me to where I am now. Lah. Wow, that's nice. And yeah, all these little influences that you are exposed to when you were young has somehow shaped you or shaped us in certain ways. Yeah. Like if I had never been to, if I had never met my ex-girlfriend, I would have never found yoga and I would have never been here. Yeah. You know, all these different experiences. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Thank like you. it seems like a very small thing, right? Yeah. But it really is what shapes you yeah. along the way. That's true. So I guess like the, the advice is just to expose yourself to as many things as you can. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, last question. Okay. What's great in your life right now or what could be great in your life right now? And how does that make you feel? What's great in my life right now? Uh, Another moment of reflection. I think relationships. Everything that I have is attributed to all the relationships that I have with people. So family. Mm. I have a very, very close-knit family. So I'm very lucky that I had that growing up. I had a very healthy upbringing mm. um, and of course recently married mm. you know our relationship is great how long have you all been together like long huh? six and a half years yeah. around there yeah but we were we've been playing in the band together for like 12 years ah. yeah so we've known each other a long time, long time. Yeah. yeah it's like childhood childhood friend really sad. oh yeah we met when we were like 17, 18 mm. yeah um so yeah, uh, relationships, I think, in general, are the one thing that really go very well in my life, in general, and uh, is, is, you know, they're all going very well right now. Mm. 
you know, with the band is also going great. Um, with friends, I have a very, I mean, I have a lot of friends, but I have a very close mm. group of friends that I... That support you. That support me, yeah. Yeah. And these are the ones that I usually am with most of the time. Like you see in my social media. Mm. You know, like people recognize these friends because they're always on my social media. So, yeah. I think the one thing that I really, really treasure most in my life that I don't want to have go badly in any way, even with my with Bunny's family, like I get along really well with them. Mm. So I'm very lucky as well. So yeah, I think relationships with people are the one thing that I have that's going for me that I really, really treasure. Okay. Hmm. There's a nice thing to be grateful for and I'm yeah. sure they treasure you as well. <laughs> I hope they do. All right. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to... Should we talk about anything else? Do you have anything I want to say? Oh. Yeah. I think we covered a lot of ground. Okay. Yeah. How can people reach you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is S-A-R-A-W-E-E-R-U-Y-U. Sarah Wee Ryu. It's just my name. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have a website or anything? Oh, no. No? All good? Nah. I mean, most people, if you all want to hire us yeah, for gigs, no, it's, it's just 53A. It's, it's, yeah, no. You know? Yeah. That's Facebook page. Mm. But generally, Instagram is the, the main thing that I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for doing this with Thank me, you. Sarah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Sarah's very nice. She's actually quite shy. She's a very shy one. Mm. Uh, let me know what you think of this party. Drop me a message. Leave me a DM. Share this shit with your friends on IG. Tag me and I'll tag you back. Put it in your stories and then I'll repost the thing. I think that's the best way to... Yeah, I mentioned this before. This is like the best way to get the word across because everybody fucking uses Instagram. So let's spread all the good vibes all around to yogis, to non-yogis. Hopefully, I'll be able to reach some of the people in the music scene since it's Sarah. Yeah, um, if you are listening and you do want to start like yoga or you have any questions about anything really, about the guests, about the conversations, about yoga, uh, yeah, just just let me know. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, just reach out to me I'm happy to chat even though like I, I've been told I have like a very Tao face I don't know oh, quite sian in real life but I'm actually pretty chatty as you can hear from this I mean you've been hearing me talk to myself so yeah and yeah, let me know and uh, I think that's it that's it for today that's it for this week's party uh, hope this week has been well I wish all of you happy things and happy days ahead Yeah, alright, see ya.